Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gill, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! The Sneaker History Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Sneaker History Podcast. I'm Robbie, and I'm doing a special interview episode here with my guy, Chris Dixon, CD, fantastic initials. I I have to start with this because I'm RBF, Mm -hmm. which is Robert Benjamin, but it's also resting bitch face. So, like, (laughs) my, my initials... Don't do a lot of positive things for me <laughs> or, or the world. But Chris Dixon here is going to talk about a little bit what he's done in the past, what he's doing in the future, for the future, and we're just going to chop up kicks, man. Have a good time. How are you doing, man? man I'm blessed, man. I appreciate you having me on the show, man. I've been listening for a while now. It's been a long time coming, and we have a little video so we can see each other. I finally like, stepped my game up, so I felt comfortable having people do this one-on-one. So I'm, I couldn't be more happy to have you here. It's going to be a, a great conversation. Um, you're somebody who has been in the sneaker game for a long time. Like we were just talking before this, everybody goes back to East Bay, but you are one of those people and we could go back and forth between what shoes we were circling and everything. Mm-hmm. But the love started early and I, I'm going to go ahead and pass it to you from there. So tell us where you're from. Uh, who inspired you to start doing shoes? Um, where'd that love come from? Just a little bit about yourself. So I'm originally from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, I've been in Portland for three years now and man, basketball, man, that was, that was, if you lived in Fayetteville, man, you had to, you had to hoop, man, or, or get in trouble. (laughs) Um, so, you know, going to school every day, um, you know, having that East Bay magazine, if you were if you were holding it in homeroom like you were that guy. And, you know, that's where, you know, sneaker conversation started and, you know, debates about what what shoes the best, like, you know, who's getting what when we know we're not getting anything. <laughs> um, you know, those those kind of started influencing my life. You know, um, you know, the basketball court, man, you know, seeing it like in the and I would say the golden age, you know, like 90 in the nineties, you know, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. seeing seeing the the signature shoes drop from like Jordan and Iverson and Sean Kemp, like for the first time, like it was it was amazing. Um so that that excited me as a kid, man. Just just always wanted to just curious. I was just curious, man. Like, what do those feel like? Or can it make me jump higher? Can it make me play better? Like I was always curious. Mm-hmm. Um about you know what these shoes could do and um 
I couldn't get them. So basically, I couldn't get all the shoes I wanted. So I started drawing them. Um, I started sketching them and you know, passing them to the homies like, yo, you, you like this? And they're like, yo, this is crazy. So, I, I mean, that was my satisfaction of not actually getting them. I just stuck drawing, you know. So that's so, that's that's definitely how I got into it. So you were drawing the shoes you were seeing. These weren't originals yet, or were you showing people? Like, what were you showing them? Like, uh, I was I was showing them originals. Originals, showing, okay. It was all original. It was like you know I used the the logos, mm-hmm. but I wasn't drawing like like Sean Kent was my favorite favorite player when I was a kid. But you know, I wasn't a big Reebok fan. But I'd do something for Sean Kent. Like, oh, this is the new Sean Kent that's coming out. In two in two year two thousand, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh man, that's crazy!" And just getting that feedback was was so so much fun. It gave me a lot of satisfaction. So I just I just did it. So it, it sounds like the signature shoes are what started pushing that. Because before we started recording, we were discussing how that golden era was when like the best signature shoes ever were dropping mm-hmm. and, and they were the first ones too though the first penny the first sean kent yep. you know the first iverson and in 2020 we have you know the 18th lebron and <laughs> it's just like it's it's not the same kind of power as it was back then so right. what what specific shoes like were were drawing inspiration were you drawing inspiration from man i think um what, what got me going early was uh see I was my brother was a huge Jordan fan so I never wanted to have the same things that he had North Carolina you know yeah he was just he was just the the ultimate fanatic I never understood it until I got older but I was always on the the other side of the fence with the underdogs mm-hmm. so I like I got into like wanting the Pippins okay and then it was what really like made me like my head blow was the phone positive. And then the phone, the flight posit was like, who did this? Like I started getting mm-hmm. to the to the max. Like, yo, who who created this? This is crazy. But it was a, there was a lot of Nikes that that had me like, like man, this is this is dope, man. Like I, I need to have these. Like, but I always was eclectic though. I, I didn't have like just all Nike shoes. I went across the board with brands, mm-hmm. you know. Just to like on the first day, I knew everybody was going to have the same shoes. So this year, I'm gonna go with Pumas, or I'm gonna go with Asics, mm-hmm. or I'm gonna go with Sacconi, or I'm gonna do New Balance. And it was a lot of that coming from from my culture of being an Army brat, like being different places and, and seeing you know different brands thrive. Um, you know, living in Germany, living in Virginia, you know, just being in in the South. Um, going to South Carolina for the summers, it, it was always something different I seen on people's feet. So when I had an opportunity to choose, I was going to choose something different. Um, but I was always just curious about, you know, these these shoes that we've seen and, and you know, coming out. Curiosity kills some cats, but curiosity makes some cats, too. So <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> that up. I mean, man, it's just like. You saying the flight posit and the phone posit inspired you. You can see how, especially like the flight posit, you can see in some of your sketches you post on Instagram, like you, you have a futuristic touch to you. Like there's, it's, it's a good flavor, man. No, I appreciate I, I, that, man. I'm, I'm glad you pointed, nobody has ever pointed that out, man. But but it's, it's funny that you, that you say that because 
you know, to this day, I feel like, you know, the phone positive or the flight positive. So they're still futuristic. Right. Mm-hmm. And I always want like, I, I always told myself if I worked at Nike, I would want to work at, I would want to do like a penny. I want to keep the penny line going mm-hmm. or the phone positive line going. So those are all always like hints that I put out. Like, you know, if I, if I got a chance to work at Nike, like this is what I want to do. And I always try to like, you know, put a little fingerprint of the, of the deposit line in there. I picked it up. So <laughs> pat on my back. That's cool, man. But I mean, you've made drawing sketches and passing it to your friends in homeroom into a career. And that's probably what you're, you're most known for are your designs, man. Like you, you've been not only just competing, but just you're always posting something like you're just the kind of guy to always be doodling something, aren't you? Yes, man. I, I, I sketch every single day. And the reason why I, I post my, my sketches, a lot of people are like, Oh man, Chris, people are going to steal your sketches. But that's, that's the reason, man. Like not necessarily in the footwear industry, like inside of these corporate companies, um, I'm, I'm on the, on the side of helping people get in there. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I have a different influence and I feel like my influence is like more so a forecaster. I like to forecast things before they come out. Even if I'm not inside, like I want to guess what's next and, and I want to influence, you know, designers or creatives to go a particular way. Um, even if it's just by seeing my designs. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's my way of my contribution to the you know design community. Even if people, you know, don't take my, my forecast as like, oh man, that's not, but for the past few years, I've been, I've been on, I've been kind of spot on, spot on with some things, bro. So okay. it's been fun. I and mean, that's, that's just my way of having fun. And then, and then forecasting and like predicting the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, the future seems like a big part of what you're doing on an every day. So um, for those that don't know, there's a little place called Pencil out here in Portland, Oregon that mm-hmm. opened up in 2010. Yep. And that's that's who you're working with now, helping build the future designers, right? Talk yes. to me a little bit about what you do at Pencil. Yes, sir. So I'm a special project designer at Pencil. Um, you know, it's kind of low key. Uh, we have a, a product team um, that consists of five people, brilliant minds. Um, but then on the other side is education. That's the bigger part that everybody knows about. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a mentor. I won't consider myself a teacher. Um, Mm -hmm. I just share some of the knowledge and experience I have. And then I just try to uplift like anybody that I come in contact with, um, because it's such a hard industry to get into. And I know it's like, it's a different generation and a lot of people, they'll try one time and then they'll give up. But this is, uh, you know, this is, I come from a different cloth where I, I never stop. I won't, I won't give up. I might change my lane, but I'm not going to stop. So I try to instill that within the students that I come in contact with. And I always keep in mind, you're not going to have a, <laughs> an impact on every single person. So my goal is just to impact at least one person positive um, in a positive light. Um, and if I do that, you know, my job is done. But Man, uh, kids don't know how to move right anymore. Like <laughs> they don't know that it takes more than one effort. And it's, it's not just 
that Instagram post you you put up when you got the job. It's it's the 40 other rejections you had before you got that job. <laughs> so, so true, man. Um, you got to network. You got to like see people. You got to you got to move right. You got to like shake hands. You got to kiss yep. babies. You got to. Nah, you, you, you said everything that pencil teaches, man. Like you have to keep pushing, man, and discipline yourself and and, and move right and, and know how small this industry is. So if you make the wrong move, like, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stain a little bit. So, um, nah, just having grit. And, uh, you know, pencil has been just a place of, of learning, um, learning more about myself and how I, you know, um, how I like design, how I, uh, how I process things, how I manage things. Um, it's been a, a great place to, to see something that was told to me in 2010 after winning future soul. And, you know, D Wayne Edwards told me this place and it sounds so vivid. Like his vision was so vivid that I thought like, Oh man, let's go to this place tomorrow. He's like, nah, this place is even, like it doesn't exist yet, but it will, it will. And to see how many lives it, it has touched, man, is, is truly unbelievable. And, uh, nah, it's one of the most diverse places I've worked. Um, you know, I have a work with a team of all races and, and women leaders. And it's just one of the, the best places I, I could be. That's that's great, man. I yeah. mean, finding happiness in what you do every day and seeing different kinds of people around you. People don't understand. And I know a lot of white people like to make this excuse. Oh, I'm in the middle of nowhere. It's just me and my 300 white people in my town. But it's just like you're not getting a good experience of what the world's real really like. You're not going to go anywhere. You shouldn't go anywhere where all 300 people look alike. That's messed yeah, up. That's true, man. I mean, it's the, the the part that I I've seen and and I'm I'm such an advocate for diversity now just because of the experiences is everybody's perspective is different so if you have one good idea and just imagine piling on like these different perspectives on top of this good idea it's just going to make the idea grow even better because it's just perspectives from all angles you know mm-hmm. and um, that's what I get to do every day man is is, is have these brainstorms and these creation sessions with with some of these brilliant minds that, that come from different cultures that I can learn from as well. You know, mm-hmm. Thailand, Mexico, <laughs> like Philippines, like it's, it's pretty amazing. People don't quite realize all the time that like getting input on your idea isn't supposed to break down that idea. You can put other perspectives in there and help build it up. Like you were saying into something better, but a lot of people feel sheltered about what they put out there or they're afraid it's It's going to be, you know, not taken right or not accepted, but if you don't put it out there, nobody's ever going to (laughs) know this. It's, 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 it's useless at that point. You got to put it out. Man. My coach used to tell me like listening is a talent and it Mm -hmm. goes, it goes far in design when you, when you listen, and, you know, you take that um, critique, um, not in a personal way, but just in an open minded way to where you're like, oh, this could this could help this idea. Versus got, like, trying to slice me up, man. 
we got good mentors because that's that's powerful advice. If you can, I had a professor in college who said we'd all sit there and you put your work out there and you weren't allowed to talk. Everybody else in the room was allowed to talk mm-hmm. about your stuff, but you just had to listen. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to do, man. <laughs> it's a superpower sometimes. It's, it's definitely a talent to, in, in my eyes. But. I just want to go back and touch on one more thing about trying multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend Ian, I remember one time I went into Deadstock um, before I had an interview at Nike and I was all, I was all jazzed up on it. And he asked me, what are you going to do if you don't get it? And Ooh. I was like, damn, I was like, damn, I don't know. I'm like keep trying. Like I, my, my first thing was like, duh, like keep trying, but <laughs> yeah. you have to think about, what you're going to do. I mean, don't dwell on it. Don't just sit right. there in negativity, but you, you got to think of what next. Cause you're not always going to have a yes. Right. Your design's not always going to fly with everybody. True. So you, you just, you just have to keep, I guess the, the moral of that story is you've got to keep pushing, man. You have to, man. You have to, there's no, uh, there's no, there's no easy way in. And you're not going to get in like the person who just told you their story. Everybody's story is different. So you got to just try. And and I think um, the dopest story that I've, that motivated me when I was like in 2010 was Jordan Hagedorn. He was a, he was actually um, a part of East Bay, (laughs) but he told me like he kept getting rejected and he sent his resume like this big shoebox and like, and and he just went a, a whole different direction than what everybody else is doing. And it was, it was a really good lesson because, you know, we might get rejected, but then we have to, you know, just go back to the drawing table. Like, man, how, how can I do this? You know, how can I present myself in a different way? That's going to make me stand out. And, um, man, that, that was one of those valuable lessons, man, that like, okay, if I don't get this, I'm a, I'm gonna do it in a different way. And if I don't get it that way, I'm gonna try another way. Like Wiley Coyote. <laughs> I'm gonna get that road runner one way or another. It's like <laughs> Nike, I may not be on your payroll, but you send me free shoes. So man, I'm doing my own thing over here. We're there's, there's many ways to, to skin a cat. I hate that saying cause I'm an animal lover, but it's true, man. No, nah, it there's, is true. So I love talking about mentors. Like that's the most, important thing I think you can have in any stage of development. You could want to be the best NASA astronaut, but if you don't go and find the old NASA astronaut, you're not going to learn anything right. You you have to go find somebody who's done it, been doing it, Mm -hmm. once done it, once done it. Let's talk about some of the people. I mean, I know you brought up Dwayne Edwards, who was the former head of Jordan and now the, you know, founder of Pencil. So that's not only a friend, mentor, business partner, boss, like that's, that's a lot in one bag, but, but right. let's, let's hear about some of the other people and a little bit more about him. Like who's, who's taught oh, you what you know? Um, wow. Um, my first mentor was, uh, was Ben, um, Ben slamming on Instagram. Um, the Kyrie dude. Yeah. Ben, um, was an excellent mentor because Ben taught me like some valuable lessons, um, Ben never gave me any compliments. Um, ben always, he always came back with how to do it better or what can be better. And man, I, I love that about Ben because, you know, I, 
kind of help. I kind of do that with some of my my mentees now. They're not as strong as me, like like you know what I mean. Like being from having a basketball background and a military dad background, but um, now Ben Ben was a um, a solid mentor, man. I remember after winning Future Soul, he asked me who was the goat. And I was like, man, like, like Eric Avar, like Tinker, like, them, them the, and he was like, he cut me off. He was like, nah, man, you the goat. And man, that made me believe in myself because I looked up to him like he was, he's like a year younger than me, but he's like my young OG. You know what I mean? Like he, he instilled to believe in myself, and he didn't have to do much mentoring after that. Like he gave me those solid things, man, that that stuck with me, and uh, you know him and. It's a it's a few others um, like Sarah Sabino like she she was the first um, she was like the first footwear designer that I met that was a female and we went against each other in Future Soul and it was just like like wow a lot of a lot of these people that I consider like mentors they're like my age we like it's like a give and take type thing like we learn stuff from each other. Um, you know, peers are okay. We, we, we love peers. That's, <laughs> that's totally cool. Peers, peers are great. Um, everything about my story is a little different. Um, just because I didn't go to like industrial design school and I was jumping right into design and business at the same time. So it'd be hard for me to leave out, um, Karen Morris. Um, she's a, she's a vet in the game. Um, she, she worked at, you know, LA gear, Puma, Nike, like Converse, all of those big brands, but she helped me really understand like the balance of planning business wise, as well as design wise. Mm -hmm. Um, and that helped my approach to design. Um, and it's invaluable the things that she shared with me along my journey. I've been knowing her since like my first time at pencil and, uh, man, I think it's, it's really hard to like pick out people that you don't have me. to name everybody, <laughs> but they those, know there's love. Those, those three people, man, um, really, really helped me along my way. Um, and then, you know, Sean Williams from OSD and D Wells, they were like the podcast before the podcast. <laughs> um, those guys were always, you know, dropping jewels. You know, they were from up north, so they had a little, they had a different step about them. You know, they were bold in, in their approach. And, you know, I'm this humble kid from North Carolina. Um, I'm scared out of my mind to to express myself. Like, I didn't know, like, is it okay to be this, to be good? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm didn't want to be like too overconfident because I thought that was like boasting like and they like nah bro like you supposed to shine bro you work for that like mm -hmm. it was a lot of a lot of that um it was a good circle around me just overall man like I had good friends good family that always supported me and like gave me um you know wisdom um I know we talked about um our dads before you know we we jumped on this call but man my dad was was a was a huge huge supporter man like you know being a military guy you always want your 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 son to be secure your kids to be secure 
but he never like he never forced it on me like you going into the military mm-hmm. he gave me that option because that's all he knew but he knew I was different you know being creative and I used to draw stick figures for my dad I used to go crazy <laughs> <laughs> but he used to always just give me like humility and like you know being diligent and never giving up like those solid things that that made me who I am and always helping someone and having a having the mind of gratitude, um, taking the littlest thing, like I have a terrible day, taking the smallest thing that happened good out of that terrible day, just harping on that good thing to make yourself just feel like, you know, living is, is good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, big, big props to my, my mom and my pops, man, for instilling some of the, the things that they instilled in me. It's as a mentor. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I, ideally your parents should be a mentor. They should be somebody you look up to. So that's, that's just all great. What, what piques my interest is, is when you said you didn't do the right kind of design. Um, so from an educational standpoint, break down, you know, where you went to college, what you got your degree in, like, how, how does somebody, how did you navigate that? And then how do other people navigate it? Cause you made it sound like there's a particular type of design. A lot of people will have background in before they get into shoes. Yeah. So, you know, I was, I was hoop dreaming, bro. Like my brother, he was like <laughs> top 20 in, in, well, top 50 in the nation, like in 2000, like he was Damn, okay. recruited by like a, everybody so i wanted i wanted to get i wanted to play ball like my brother man so you know i took that that route of like chasing the chasing the hoop dream but you know um i ended up going to junior college and playing and then you know i still love art so like i was drawing like my next college i was going to go to i'm like yo like i i want to study like design or art like i love drawing shoes like somebody point me into that direction Mm-hmm. So, you know, that didn't happen. Um, and then, you know, I spent one year at Tarleton State. It was a school in Texas. It was like the number one Division two school at the time. And, um, you know, it was a blessing that, you know, I got hurt and, like, went home. And I, I took some time, like, to just figure out what I wanted to do. And uh, I got a call from Harding University, which is in Arkansas, a little small Division II, um Christian school. But they had a design um, program. And, you know, I, I expressed to the coach, like, man, this is what I want to do with my life. Um, and he was like, all right, Chris, man, I mean, we got graphic design. Is that, would that work? I'm like, yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. So I studied graphic design and, and I was so excited about that because this was like the age of like people like Nike talk and, you know, you seeing like Jason Petrie's renders on, on Nike talk and like, yo, I want to do that. Like, how do I do that? And mm-hmm. I had to really learn how to use the computer. So I didn't know I had to study industrial design product, but I was trying to just learn how to render, man. And like, that was like, okay, um, I don't, I don't know if I'm doing this right, but every project that I had in school was about sneakers. And my okay. professors were like, yo, would you please stop? Like, please, can you find something else to do? I'm like, like, no. I'm going to do sneakers. 
every project I'm going to do is going to be about what I love. And, you know, by midway through, you know, the program, they're like, all right, Chris, we give up. Like, <laughs> do sneakers, bro. And, uh, you know, I never stopped. So, um, you know, at the end of that, I, I, my best friend, Mitch, um, his cousin is Serena Williams. And, um, okay. you know, he, yeah, he was, <laughs> okay. he was spending the summer with her and I'm like, yo, man, see if Serena look at my, um, my portfolio, man, I got a whole bunch of dope stuff. I think she'll like, and, uh, you know, he had her on speaker and she heard me and she was like, yeah, Chris, I look at your portfolio. I'm like, Whoa. yo, that's a real friend and a good that's, look from Serena. That's, that's my, that's my daughter's guy's, guy's father, man. <laughs> like, that's my guy. But um, nah, man. When I was in in school, he had you know he had the he was he was Mr. VIP. He was sending me all the all the all the kicks, you know, because <laughs> because he had it, you know what I'm saying. And um, you know, I had that opportunity to present to her, um, and I was ready. It took me. Um, I got a little insight about what she was looking for, and um, it took me. I had a week to do it. And man, I stayed up for five days straight. Like honestly, I probably took some naps here and there, but I put together um like five designs, like strictly for her, man. And I had like like a wink of sleep and I went to DC and uh man, sat down in her trailer waiting for her to come in. And her assistant, like, yo, Chris, you got like two minutes to to present all this stuff. I had like a book, like a big stack of and it's not like digital age, but I had like uh, everything, like this big suitcase. <laughs> like, so I'm like shuffling through these big boards, man. And and I got to the packaging. It was like a delicious um, training campaign. And I had these, uh, these cake um, packaging. And she just like told everybody to leave and like, yo, I don't, I can't get you in the Nike, but you know, I'm, I'm working on this um, high heel line. Would you like to design for, for me? And I'm like, yo, yes. I, never, I never designed high heels. I don't even know what that looks like, but yeah, yes, I would I would do my very best. <laughs> Say yes now, figure it out later. <laughs> figure it out later, man. And that was like, okay, um, it was just, I, I tell that story because it wasn't nothing but passion pushing me to that point. Like mm-hmm. no one could stop me from doing what I love, which was sneakers. Um, I was doing graphic design packaging. I was doing tea. I was doing posters. I was doing everything that you could think of, but I was trying to relate it to sneakers because that's what I wanted to do. And even even though I didn't even know industrial design existed, like I didn't even know it existed, which is the path to sneaker design. But um, passion, man, led me to that, that opportunity, man. That's a wild ass story, dude. That's that that's that's the good stuff because when you really want something, you'll stay up five days straight. This truly, you, you got to seize those moments. As Kobe didn't say himself, but Carpe Diem, bro. Like you, you got to seize that shit. True. Um, damn, that's that's when hell. Of, I'm just like I can't imagine sitting across from Serena. Yeah, I was I was anything like. I was tripping. Like my wife was tripping. She was like, yo, did you see her butt? I'm like, yo, I'm looking, I'm trying to get a job. You talking about Serena's butt. <laughs> it was just uh one of those like surreal moments. Like 
for yeah. me to be in a trailer and she kicked everybody out and told me to stay. And it was just like, man, like, I'm like, tri- I'm tripping. And then she was like, after the match, like, come to my room and I'll show you like all my, my high heels. And it just like, it blew me away, man. Like she invited me to like this little pool party and I'm like, I got a t-shirt and like some khaki shorts on. I'm like, dude, I can't be in here with Serena <laughs> looking like this. Like, thank you, Serena. I, I'll be in touch. Me and Mitch just like threw bottles of water on ourselves in the middle of the street in DC celebrating, man. That was like one of the, one of the best days of my life, man. Man, you, <laughs> you stay winning. You got the the wife supporting you, checking out, telling you to check out the butt. Like, you know how, you know how many dudes don't have that in their life? I'm just, I'm, I, I, I kid, but it was, it was, it was one of those moments, man. <laughs> It was I don't know if you were married at the time, but that's when he knew she was wifey material. Newly, newlywed, newlywed. Yeah, that's when he knew. You, that's when he knew you, you made the right call. Nah, I I knew I made the right call with my wife when she walked in the classroom with the Air Max Deluxe on, black and yellows, and I Man. was like, "Yo, who is that?" <laughs> Man, you're a sweetheart. You got that. You got that down. That's that's love, and and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's a blessing. So not only are you like down to have your ideas thrown out there within seven days, but you're a planner, man. You're a competitor. Like yeah. you, you have some heavyweight championship, Ric Flair shit <laughs> on your waist. Um, yeah, belt. Man, you got a couple of them. So l- let's just start at the, the most recent accolade I found. And it's a big ass one. I remember seeing this and being like, oh, I know him. I know him. <laughs> the pencil nice kicks future 50 you're one of the 50 most powerful men in the universe bro man, that's, that's crazy that's it from all those teachers telling you to lay off the shoes who, who's <laughs> laughing now and what's double funny is you talk about forecasting they did not forecast shoes popping off like this like nah. <laughs> yeah I, I still love them though i still love them mm-hmm. but, you got to. yeah that's crazy um so we'll we'll touch on the future 50 in a moment but Mm -hmm. so you alluded to this also in 2017 you won the pencil footlocker world sneaker championship yeah and that kind of led to your job like to to everything else so man this kind of filters back to if you don't put your work out there you're not going to get praise or negativity you're not going to get anything so You said a mouthful right there. You got to do it. You you, you got to just take the risk. But um, th- that's just two of them, bro. That's like, like two little things. So like Nike Future Soul, I don't think they still do it. I haven't found anything on it recently. But you won Future Soul in the Jordan College Division mm-hmm. in 2010 with the Mel. Like it wasn't based. Was it based off of Mellow? My my brief was different than the high school brief um, what was my, yours my brief was actually like a cheat code <laughs> i had i had to create a college basketball shoe um for a college team um it was something like that it was like create create a, a team shoe a team jordan for for a college player or college athlete mm-hmm. and i was like just finishing my last year of college um and i'm like i i, I can do that and uh, that's when D-Wade was, uh, you know, fresh at Jordan. 
And, you know, I was a huge D-Wade fan in, in high school when he was at Marquette, when he was, like, super low-key. So my first entry to that um, competition was was a D-Wade shoot. It was dope. Man, so your rendition of a Jordan team shoe for a college player is better than most Jordan team shoes that come out in 2020. Like the, the future soul thing was such a cool opportunity, not just for you, but for so many people to have different divisions, different chances, but just to have, I, I can't think of another opportunity like that. Maybe because it's, I'm not in the competitive space mm-hmm. of footwear design, but like to get that kind of, notoriety for sneaker design as a high school or college student that's just tight like, it was everything i was looking for because it was like um after a year working with serena it was like uh matter of fact i don't even was it yeah after working with her um they went into a different direction because her hsn line was just booming so it wasn't smart business-wise for her to create a new like luxury line Mm-hmm. When the scene was just booming, so you know, I got I got let go of, of that opportunity, which it was okay. But um, at that same time, like this, is how crazy God is, bro. Like, like he, like the 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 age limit was like twenty five, and I was twenty five. My birthday was in July. <laughs> the deadline was in like June. I was like, man, so I, I had an opportunity to, like, submit my design. And it was just like, man, this is my opportunity. I got to win. And I never looked at, and at this particular time, I never looked at, um, it was always competition within myself. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to outdo myself every time I, like, like, drew something or came up with something. It was just like, how can I make this better? Like, so it could be the best thing I ever done. And that's what I was trying to do, like, for this project just like come up with the best shoe that i ever seen d-wade like wear mm-hmm. and it worked that's an interesting perspective because i'm sure drawing is a, is a very personal thing you're not i mean I, I know there's nike talk and you brought up jason posting his renderings on nike talk but like you don't have people competing with this isn't a three-on-three competition this isn't fucking volleyball like there's, there's no competition normally so that must have been a real change of pace for you it was man think differently. it truly was just just because and i was a new dad just just had jade and staying up late with her and just i was going for i had like all the fuel that i need like i needed to win for her you know what i'm saying like i needed to win because i didn't have anything else next like what's what's I needed it. I had to have it. Mm-hmm. And then when when um, I actually got announced the the semifinalist um, on OSD, um, and, and Sarah Sabino hit me like, "Yo, you won!" and and I was going against her, and that's how we kind of came became friends. And she mm-hmm. she was like, "Yo, you just won!" I just like broke down like, "Oh my god, I'm going to Portland! I'm going to Nike! I'm going to present in front of everybody that I love." <laughs> I didn't know what that even meant. No. <laughs> hey, pure pure excitement uh, is a beautiful thing. So it like is. fuck it, you'll figure it out when you get up there. Like yeah. hug no. your baby, kiss your wife, be happy, <laughs> be excited. 
but like so you bringing up the whole Serena thing got my wheels turning on on, on this next win for you. So mm-hmm. in 2012, you ro- you won the dress category at Footwear News's Future of Footwear competition. Yeah. Did experience working on a high heel help the dress shoe work? Like it did. That's it did. great. So so this is what happened. So my last um I said my last month, um I was doing an internship at this graphic design company. And I started just like doing my own thing because it was like, I won't have any more work for you. Chris, just do your thing. So I was like, all right, I'm going a, I'm to a design a, a pump for, for Serena. So I put like two heels on the back of, of the shoe. And I was like, man, this is kind of weird looking. And I sent it to her, just like asked her what she thought about it. And she just like went nuts. And like, she called me like, and I was at the, at the barbershop. I'm like, well, I was headed, up, to the, headed to the barbershop. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, Yo, Serena Williams is on my phone. I'm like, hello? And she's like, Chris, oh my God, this is Hawk Couture. Do you know what Hawk Couture is? I'm like, I don't. And she's like, this is luxury like fashion footwear. Like, This is amazing. I know my team, they don't want to do anything luxury or nothing out of the ordinary, but this is amazing. And I was just like, okay. Okay. So, um, I kept working on it, even though it wasn't like she she couldn't use it because she her team thought it was too risky. But um, I kept working on it, and um, when I got invited to uh, so after after Future Soul, I got invited to Pencil Prep, was like my first pencil class. I think it was like one of the either second or third classes in the actual studio in the dojo. <laughs> um, so you know. I was working on high heels. I wasn't working on sneakers anymore because I started seeing, you know, from Serena, I started seeing the problems in, in, uh, high heels, which is, you know, pain. And then like her, like telling me, Hey, these cost 1500, but only wear, only wear them like for two hours. And I'm like, what? That doesn't make sense to me. You're an athlete. Like they're supposed to be comfortable. And she's like, nah, all of these hurt my feet. It just, if I could stand it or not. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then I came up with this like concept to like a flat shoe that she can wear, like a fold up and put in her pocket when she got off the plane, when she don't want to wear it. She was like, she ran with that. Um, I think that that idea kind of went across the, the world. <laughs> Everybody kind of came up with their own flat fold up. But I kept coming back to that, that problem of high heels being painful and, and I was working at, uh, I was working at a, uh, I was selling beds, bro. I was selling mattresses with my best friend, um, my other best friend, Tito. And, uh, man, we started, we started getting like a lot of these sample foams and these, uh, memory foams and these coolant foams. And I was like, bro, like, what if we can like put like a bed of foam inside the high heel to make you like comfortable? He was like, man, that, that that could be something. And I started sketching it out and I added the the dual heel because it's like more support. And I'm like, okay, this is we're getting we getting somewhere. And I was like, bruh. And I, I actually like, you know, as I as it evolved, it started getting cleaner and cleaner. It started, it started to look less weird. And you know, the the whole part about it being comfortable, like it intrigued me and being a solution to to this problem. So when I got invited to Pencil, 
that's what I presented to Dwayne. Like, hey, I want to work on a high heel that's comfortable, like a sneaker. So I kind of meshed like those two experiences together with Future Soul and, you know, working with Serena, like mashed them together. And I had a, I had a real brief, you know what I mean? Like, how, how does that look when, when a woman gets, gets married? How does it look when she goes to the business, to the office? How does it look when she's like going on a date? So I had to create all these different looks. And man, you know, DE challenged me. Mm-hmm. How, how can how can you how can this work um, in a luxury, you know, sense? And um, after I did well in, in that first prep um, pencil prep class, the following class was Future um, of Footwear, which was presented by FM Platform, and that mm-hmm. was one of the most talented classes or it was so much talent in that class man that everybody that was in that class was like in the industry killing it right now 90 percent 90 percent of that class is straight up killing it right now and uh i was going against um eric um sakita and uh he was doing a dress shoe for men's and I was doing dress shoe for women and just learning about materials with Suzette and like creating this luxury story of a woman looking good and feeling good all throughout her day. Um, it just stuck. And man, I told that story. It was a, it was a nice panel of judges too. Um, Dwayne Lawrence, who's killing it at Anta, um, mm-hmm. Aaron, um, Cochran, um, she's killing it. Nike doing all those crazy cleats. Like she was, they were these judges. And I'm like, like super intimidated, but you know, they, they understood the concept of women do need, um, high heels that are comfortable because it doesn't exist. Not really. I mean, Kohan did it a little bit, but they didn't do it like I did it. <laughs> um, Man. So that was like the biggest thing I worked on because it was the hardest thing, Robbie. Like it was, Super hard, like, because Dwayne's a sneaker guy. He's not a high heel guy. So when he's coming around, like, checking on us and, like, he's trying to get feedback, he's like, nope, that ain't it. Keep sketching. I'm like, yo, like, <laughs> what are you, what are we doing? And What's it's just the like, <laughs> like where, where, where do I go? And it was just, it was hard, but it, it, it was, it was rewarding when I found it. And it was like, it led oh, to victory. It led to victory, man. Bro, like I wouldn't have even ever known. I just saw Footwear News dress. And I guess I would have thought, I did think like a men's fucking square toe shoe. I don't know. But I was thinking to some like dude loafer, not women's high heel with memory foam. I know at some point before that happened, you were in that mattress store working there like, damn, why am I working here? Yep. And then that's why you were working there. It was two reasons why I was working there. One, because I was a really, really quiet, shy person. Still kind of shy, but I'm a little bit more outgoing than I used to be back in the day. But um, it taught me how to approach people and, and sell. I had to sell this mattress to get paid. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then, like, just technology and figuring out, like, oh, I need to learn about comfort. <laughs> uh, inspiration and life will kind of just work itself out sometimes. He's, he's got to be in the, you, you may not know you're in the right place, but you are. <laughs> but so then, 
a couple of years later, you came back to that same footwear news platform and you won the entire thing. Like, yeah. fuck address you. I'm going for the, you know, the heavyweight title, man. Like that's right. what kind of shoe did you win with? Um, I won. It was we were assigned to brands this time. Mm-hmm. And we had I had Nina shoes and it's like this low key brand that's just like making a lot of money off of just like uh, prom shoes and stuff like that. OK, so I took one of the earlier concepts that I had um, when I was at Pencil and did a, a wedding shoe. And I said, fuck a dress shoe and, and you did a dress shoe. So my bad. I, I was in I was in the, uh, I was in the dress category again. I wasn't I still wasn't in the sneaker category. So I was still. I was still flexing my muscles in, in, in dress, but it was cool because it was a, it was an idea that I had like, um, when she got married and then, you know, like the, like after, after the marriage, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it was like an unveil, roll down, you get the ring, the heel was like a diamond cut. And then, you know, it, it was just a, a versatile design and Nina's shoes and the, and the president, they kind of were really excited about it. And he, he came and greeted me when I won and told me I was I did amazing and like wanted to take pictures with me and show my, my design to, to his team and stuff. But that was that was really cool because at that time um, I was shifting into into business. So that that year, 2012, like I started taking after that win, I started taking it really serious. Like, oh, this, this is serious because they weren't when we were in Vegas. They weren't coming to my my booth to to vote. They were coming to buy, and <laughs> I was good, like, "That's a good problem." It, yeah, it was just like it was it was mind blowing to me. Like, people want to buy my product, and I don't have a swoosh. I don't have a I don't have a Fendi sign and nothing on this shoe. They love this design, so. I took that and I started, you know, working on the business side of how can I make this, this work. Man, I mean, that's a tall order because every brand pretty much has a creative side and a business side Yep. and you're trying to do it all in one. And that's a tall order, man, but you're doing it. I mean, it's been a couple, was it like two years since your, your, uh, I want to say it's like tan and black shoe. Your oh, dojo. It's it's been three years. Dojo. World's, world's three years at the dojo. Yeah, and it's it's funny because I now know that you call the workspace in pencil the dojo, so <laughs> very fitting. But it's like a perfect blend between the dress stuff because I can definitely see a dressy element to it, but also the performance realm that you love so much as a kid growing up. Right. Like you can you can be more than one thing. You can be a creative and a dad, you can be a dress shoe yes. and an active shoe. Yes. Um, it's, it's for the creative lifestyle. Um, the CD brand. I mean, so many things fit. So what does CD stand for? I, I'm getting culture and diversity, creative and disruptive. Chris Dixon. <laughs> constant what, constant development. Constant that's, development. Constant development. That's, that's what I've been doing um, since I, I've had the, the guts to just jump off and, and and do what I love to do. And I've been developing, you know, as a person, as a dad, as a designer, as a businessman. Um, and, and I feel like if you want to do anything, you have to just constantly get better at it. Um, you know, your first, 
podcast is nothing like it is today. You know what I'm saying? So nope. it's about it's about working on your craft and, and, and continuing it and and all those things that surround it, like like cultural diversity and you know, uh creative disruption and conscious design. Like all of those things are in encapsulated into constant development. Um and you know, it's 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 my my passion project slash my my new baby, um, because this this world is changing, and you know I want I want to evolve with it, um, and you know a brand that's that's not necessarily all about shoes. I had to kind of just switch, like change my angle, and uh, mm-hmm. that's where I'm at now. Is just like focusing more so on the future of. I always, I always told myself when I moved here, like, I want to be the person that I needed when I was a kid. You know, mm-hmm. if it was no Dwayne, it probably won't be no Chris Dixon, or it'd probably be Chris Dixon. Just a whole another, whole another story that we, you know, just... regional manager of the, of, of, <laughs> of the mattress store. <laughs> some, some crazy. So I just want to be that help that I needed, and that's it. It stung me because I was pushing. You know, I was pushing. You know the dojo, and I have, I got four four other styles that I had in the collection, and um, and Dwayne like before COVID hit, he was just like, you should you should change up your business model. Um, and we had a we had probably like a fifteen to thirty minute conversation about creating something that will help the next generation, um, and mm-hmm. doing it my way. And I was like, you know what? You know, you're right. So I started thinking about that and like I really wanted to help my, my kids like creatively because they, they got it too. They got, well, especially my daughter. She's just like super creative. Bro, she can draw like, damn. A, <laughs> I see what she posts sometimes and like putting me to damn shame. Like I'm I'm probably still doing stick figures. Man, she is constantly developing, bro. Um, and I've been using what I've created. Um, I've created these, I can't use create. I developed these creative discovery tools and it's like a sketchbook slash comic book. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how I learned to draw was comic strips. And I always wanted to do a comic strip. And it was just like, you know, with all this time in quarantine, like yeah, I started doing it a long time ago and, you know, kind of just like work got in the way. And it just had, I had time to put it together. And it was like, man, like this can help. And I, you know, getting her feedback, kids are brutally honest. So mm-hmm. you know, getting her feedback and she's like, oh, daddy, this is cool. And then I already had templates because me and Ian uh, from Deadstock were, were doing um, some templates and, and, and working on a, a light sketchbook. And, you know, I started putting that stuff together. And I'm like, all right, I think I, I, I think I got something. I think I got something special that'll help, you know, this whole diversity issue that's in footwear industry. We don't have anybody to hire, but we need, you know, black and brown people. You're not going to get that tomorrow. So I started thinking about, you know, I got a 10 year old. What is that going to look like? What is she going to look like when, when she's 20? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, bump 20. What's she going to look like when she's 15? Um, and I want her to be ready. So, not only my daughter, but other kids that has this creative ability that sometimes parents don't know what to do with it. So, you know, I just want to be that light. Um, 
that kids that kids that look like myself can say, hey, uh, and I would love to draw shoes, but my parents said that's no, there's no jobs. But like, oh, it, they, they, there are jobs, and you know that creative ability that you have is special, and this is how this is how you, you know, sharpen those skills. You know, and that's that's what I want to provide to the industry. Um, not just another shoe that's just going to be talked about for a couple of minutes and then that's it. But um, make this industry way better than I entered it. And I think that's by helping the future. And not, not I'm not talking about the future as in like um, an 18-year-old or a 25-year-old. I'm talking about a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old that can draw that has artistic ability and like how do we how do we get behind that as a as a as a parent or as a teacher and since that hasn't been created besides what pencil has done for you know older kids or older um creatives like i want to be that that person that 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 helps mm-hmm. the younger child because what you seen that compliment you just shot that's that's all that's all just practice man that's all practice, man. Yeah. From Jay. <clears throat> I mean, you want to get better at shooting free throws? You got to shoot free throws. There, there's, there's no way to fake it. You want to get better at design? You got to design things. But a, a light bulb just went off in my brain. Like there's youth soccer coaches. There's youth baseball coaches. There's yeah. youth pastors. There's youth <laughs> everything. Shit. I mean, just <laughs> geared towards kids. But like in a creative space, there, there isn't one. I mean, what you're doing is such important work that I hope other people listening who have the means to, and when I say means, I mean like the, the skills, talent, know-how, knowledge mm-hmm. to maybe do something to help creatives in their community. Cause mm-hmm. you just can't expect every kid to be a computer scientist or an athlete. Right. Like, I feel like that's, that that's not everybody, man. Like, right. There's so many. I'm just thinking back to the kids I knew in middle school who had like mad talent drawn on their notebooks, but then they don't do anything with it. They don't have they didn't have any direction. So for you to provide that for people, for kids specifically, that's that's what it's all about, man. Just trying to leave it better for the next for the next wave of kids to come up. Man, yes, man. I I had an opportunity to go to um, elementary school with Ian. And it was just like random. It was like, yo, you want to go talk to some students about what we do? I'm like, yeah, sure. And, um, you know, before then we were talking about, uh, you know, a sketchbook or some post-it notes. And I just happened to bring them. And, you know, we talked to them about our journey and, you know, what we do uh, creatively and career-wise. And the cool thing about this, this visit was, you know, the two classes were doing a shoe project. And they were like battling against, you know, each other, each other's class. So, you know, afterwards we gave, um, I actually gave uh, the teacher like, hey, if they're doing a, um, a, a sneaker project, like use this template so they can have the right shape, the right footwear um, proportions. And then she passed it, that out to those students, man, and it lit the room up. They were so excited. And, you know, me and Ian came back like, I think like two or three weeks later. And they presented their ideas and man, the imagination and the storytelling within those two classes, it, it could make a grown man cry of, of joy, you know, tears of joy because it's so many quiet kids that 
did not want to say their name that as soon as they got the opportunity to talk about their shoe, they exploded. Like they, they couldn't, you could, they had, the teacher had to tell them to be quiet. That's enough. Like, but it was one of those self-expression things to where it's like, man, like kids hold so much in, but when they have like art, they share everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Like, and it was, it was so enlightening to where like, Ian was like, man, this is probably one of the best days of my life. I'm like, man, me too. <laughs> we need to do this again. And I was like, you know, I, I love seeing that. It, it brought back the days of, you know, working in at basketball camps and like helping a kid learn, learning how to get a jump shot right or something. Mm-hmm. It was, it was one of those moments. It's the same thing, man. It's just not the same kind of emphasis put yes, on it indeed. from the people. Yep. But bro, the power of a piece of paper with a shoe outline drawn on it or printed on it, that's that's not man, a lot of money. It's it's easy. It's so easy. And I, I tell you my favorite shoe from from that. Um I actually I actually have it up here. I can I can grab it. But um <laughs> it was a shoe with um a YouTube the YouTube logos all over it. The kid loved YouTube. And he said he learns everything from YouTube. And it had this the play button all over it. And I was like, wow. Like, and he even got to the the details. Like, oh, it could be all Velcro and it could stick like all these these press play buttons, all the videos I watch. I'm like, man, this kid is amazing. Sell that idea to YouTube <laughs> right now. Right. They did on. a whack. They did a whack sheet with Kevin Durant. That that kid has a much better idea. It was beautiful, man. Man, I mean, that that I can't wipe the smile off my face. I'm trying to wrap this episode up, but I'm just happy. So I, I guess happiness is is a good place to end. Sometimes you want to leave on a high note. Truly. So, Chris Dixon, tell them tell them the the people where they can find you. What's your your social handle? Where can they find your work? Um, it's Chris Dixon NC. That's on Instagram, and then Constant Development is C. N S T N T D V L P M N T. No vowels in that. Um, gotcha. <laughs> that's kind of hard, but it's gonna get better. Nah, but once you <laughs> say there's no vowels, all you have to know is basic spelling, and, and you're good. Yeah, constant but development with no vowels. The entire time we've been talking, you said Fayetteville, and I've been just singing J Cole in my head the entire time. So. <laughs> It's been a good episode. I enjoyed myself. I hope our listeners enjoyed. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to um, check up next time on what we do next. And thanks, everybody. Have a good day. Hey, y'all. Nick Ingvall here. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a portion of your week hanging with us. And if there are any ways that we can improve the podcast for you, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory and join us for as little as five bucks a month. That also gets you access to our Discord group, which is a lot of fun. Also, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. We just started uploading our videos there now, so you can watch the video version of the pod and a lot more. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. It's a small gesture that can go a really long way to making somebody's day a little bit better. Thanks again, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.
Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.